I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. So basically, I just came to see some naked D's and A's for free. Take a peek, take a key. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies, mother pray for me. I might go psycho occasionally. One body, too many pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. No happy ever after, just chapter after chapter after chapter. Massacre, make the ripper look like an amateur ambassador of the slashers. Michael! Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead. Wake up in the coroner's bed This is the hour for mourning and dread Drain all the blood that was stored in his head All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread Won't protect you on your bed Nothing will from Pumpkinhead This is not a dream, baby This ain't Halloween, baby When I'm on the scene, this is what we call a scream, baby Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD. Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD. The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. It's been a busy minute busy, or two. Busy, busy, busy minute, dude. Um, I can relate my entire year so far, and it's been five, almost six months into the year now, has been mad busy. So uh, when you said... Dude, we're not going to make regular recording this week. I was like, I can understand that. I can definitely mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pivots after pivots after schedule changes after shifts after, hey, I got to work late. I got to do this. This isn't going to happen. Can we try for, I don't know, next month? <laughs> it seems like it's almost it's going that that direction at times. It's the curse, man. It's the curse of being as good as you are at your job, dude. They, they throw more and more on you and expect more of you. It really is. And, you know, it's like, hey, how would you like to, I don't know, get promoted? I'm like, I mean, that's cool. There's a pay, pay increase. There's also yeah. responsibility increase. Uh, yeah. And being Expectation down. Yeah. increase. And by, the way, and by the way, you have to learn this new system because the guy before you couldn't figure it out, even though it's exactly what he had requested. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, yeah. In 20 minutes, they figured out what wasn't understood in six over the course of six months uh just putting it into practice is the big thing finding time management by the way chris as a manager <laughs> is incredibly difficult oh yeah because it's always you're, you're if if you can get to the point where you're no longer putting out individual fires or playing whack-a-mole with with those items yeah. or issues of concern you're golden but until yeah. then you're like oh, oh, yeah. i'm tired stop yeah, I, I totally get that. I totally get that, dude. And that's the thing. It's like 
for me, at least for me, one of the things will be, okay, so I have, I'll look at my schedule and it's rare, but once in a while I'll have a day where I have zero meetings. I can finally get work done and it never goes that way. Cause I go in and I start my day and there's an email that I have to answer or two or 10 and I answer those. And then all of a sudden there comes in something else from that somebody that I was responding to. And now, now that becomes what I have to focus on because all of a sudden it's like, Oh, by the way, we need this or, or can we get this done? Or can you get this to me by today? It's like, Oh sure. The stuff that I had planned, let me put that on hold and do this. And it's, that's just my life. The, wor- the worst is when you get those emails that you're like, this isn't important right now. I'll worry about it later. But then you're just so infuriated by that person or that request. (laughs) Or like you had six months to do this and it's due in an hour and you're now going to put it all on me. Oh yeah. That dude, that is, is, is what drives me crazy the most. And then, uh, you know, welcome to bitching about work podcast, but, uh, the last piece really, we got to get over coronavirus somehow. And I don't know how it is for you with your company. And I, I know there's, you know, there's issues with this kind of thing with a lot of companies, but communication, bro, like the worst communication, the lack of communication, but so much so that when you have a lack of communication, which you don't realize what you're doing. Not only are you putting your employees at a disadvantage, right? They're not performing to your expectation, but what you're also doing is you're causing, you know, strains on relationships between employees in two different departments that one has a specific thing that they think we're doing. And the other department thinks we're doing a different thing. And because nobody's communicating, they're at each other's throats. You know what I'm saying? And, it drives me nuts. I can't do it. And this, this, it's, it's about, like you said, putting out fire. So I'm either coming in and finding out I got to do this for the day and I can't get to what I need to, or this lack of communication. So all of a sudden I have to be the one to go around and make sure everyone's all on the same page. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so I think we found our new conversation topic of conversation oh uh, since, <laughs> since uh, 50 plus percent of America is now uh, has yeah, it's it has received at least one shot of the vaccine getting a little better, man. I mean, we were talking about what's it going to look like when we start kind of going back to what we used to call normal. Um, what's it like in North Carolina here in New York? The governor was just, you know, the governor's under some scrutiny here in his oh, personal life. Oh, about what? So he said, <laughs> you know what? Let's try to get people to stop looking at that. And you know what? State of New York, marijuana is legal. Enjoy. And guess what? Uh, everybody can open up again. Enjoy. <laughs> and that's just basically it. Everything's back to like, everything's open up again. You don't have to wear masks in. If you've been vaccinated, you can just, it's like, just go for it. Yeah. There's a lot of that happening. I, I believe that it's opening up either June one. It'll be like in contagion. We'll be wearing little bracelets that you just got to go scan and just keep walking. They're going to do something that's going to make that easier, right? Because the idea that it's going to be this kind of annoying thing to have to pull this out, it's we're, somebody, some company is going to come up with a thing and be like, hey, guess what? Buy our bracelet. This bracelet, once you scan it and you register and it goes with your state and it says you were vaccinated, all you got to do is scan your bracelet and keep going. No problems. Well, and then that leads to the question of how can you modify it? How can you hack it? You know, there's, I don't know. It's I don't a whole new world sector. coming, my bro. Whole new mm-hmm. world coming. It's almost like uh, other other realms are invading ours. Yeah. So <gasps> to segue from one bad idea to another, <laughs> let's talk about the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie.
us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will and his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. Mortal Kombat fight. I'll be honest. I've again, I probably have seen this maybe at the most two times since it first came out. I really don't think so. I think I only saw it once and I don't remember watching it again until last week. And then just again this morning. So I've seen it in total, maybe three times. Lucky you. And that's too many. (laughs) (laughs) You could say that. Well, we'll get into, uh, you know, our thoughts and and all of that stuff. But Mortal Kombat, dude. So Mortal Kombat, we're not going to kind of repeat the story. It's the same kind of story as what we talked about last time. You know, it's the idea that these realms exist and and one of them, the outworld is invading Earth realm. Um, It has to win one more battle in this this Mortal Kombat out of 10. It's one nine. And now it's it's on the verge, right? So Earth needs heroes, and Raiden is gathering up Sonya Blade, Liu Kang, and uh, and in this one we get Johnny Cage. Um, well, we and this one takes time. place in the tournament. Yes, yes, yes. This one actually takes different. place. We see a little bit before the tournament, the gathering of the heroes, and bring us right through the tournament to the end of the tournament. Whereas the last one, you could tell they're really kind of taking their time, right? They're they're, they're also- slowly. Yeah, and in the last one though, they break a rule of this movie, which is you can't fight before the the, the movie, right? Or before or well, the you tournament. can fight before the movie. You can fight before the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to, right? Like the well, because we do see that in the the new one and in this one that Shang Tsung doesn't give a shit about the rules anyway. He's going to kind of bend them at, at will. Uh, but again, so that's you know this is this is the movie we're getting into. Um, Basically, that was the plot. Is <laughs> normally it's, I say, dude, let's get into the plot. That was the paper plot. thin. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same as the one before. Not much difference aside from characters. You know, there's not much difference happening in this one. Yeah, Earth's heroes have to defend against an invading. They have to stave off uh, the invasion of a bunch of weirdos that have powers. Yeah. The so. In the first one, as a compare and contrast, right? In the in the first, not the first one, the newest one, the first we watched, that plot to me felt a little 
stronger in terms of, you know, we knew what was happening, but there were things that happened in that movie and you, and you could see, you know, there again, overall, you could just be like, Oh, really? That's going to like, but I feel like when you, when that reaction happened in the 2021 version, it was about more fantastical things that you would see and be like, Oh really? Like this would happen, which you have to kind of accept because we're in a world where these guys are shooting, you know, ice out of their hands and stuff. But in like, like, I, I mean, I mentioned it before, like the entire movie Scorpion speaks in Japanese, except for one phrase, right? He just says one phrase in English and you're just like, what? But in this one, dude, there's so much stuff throughout this entire thing that I just kept going. Oh, come on. Oh, stop it. Stop it already. Just stop it. First, I want to say this piece. When we're first introduced to Sonya Blade and Jax, this, this kind of elite squad this task force squad right they're hunting down kano in this club how first of all how 90s is this scene right to to show a bank of tvs almost mtv style Uh you know what i mean she's going through a club of dancing ravers and they're just beating the shit out of people as they go through and not one person's reacting here's the thing that gets me okay the bad guy shows up right she pulls a gun on him he pulls the gun on her that motherfucker starts spraying bullets and everyone's dancing. No one even heard it. No, mm-hmm. like no oh. one drops in the background. Oh. Nothing. That too. Nothing. Nothing, dude. What happened there? What? Who's who's doing this movie and says, "You guys keep dancing. Act like you don't hear a thing." What? Uh, also, <laughs> this this scene is straight out of Bad Boys. You know, it's yes. like. Try it, it's to be. how bad boys is this scene it's a little ridiculous but at least in bad boys the second you hear gunfire people are screaming and dashing and, and running right and that was like a like a 15 or a 22 that was just shot once in the air Dude. and the i think romstein over top of it <laughs> what was somebody cut that record off or whatever it was it was rough dude that was i was just, so the movie also starts with the scene with Shang Sun fighting Liu Kang's brother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, immediately what threw me off was the decision to kind of frame this fight scene at a tilted angle. Const- mm-hmm. Like everything about it was all tilted. I don't except for the pull-away shot. Like there's a wide shot where you see them on the bridge, and that's a normal static horizontal balanced shot. But everything else was all crooked. And I couldn't understand why. And it was throwing me off. And it really made me feel like I don't like this. Like, ugh, like immediately the feeling was was off. So the the filming of that at that angle could represent a few things that Shang Tsung mentally. Um, you know, or emotionally with his, it being Chan, his brother mm-hmm. uh, being killed at the hands of Shang Tsung is lording over him. You know, he's like, I'm over you. I'm better than you. I will. Your time is coming, you know, and that's always hanging over Liu Kang's head. Mm-hmm. Like he's, but it's also, you, maybe if you want to refer to it as a callback, I don't know if there's a visual callback, but it's symmetry, I guess you could say mm-hmm. visually. At the end, when they're fighting and Liu Kang is down below on the Mortal Kombat symbol mm-hmm. uh, and Shang Tsung is up on the uh, on the balcony before the final fight scene. So he's also looking down downward mm. on him as well. So it potentially either, potentially neither. <laughs> I mean, um, 
let's see what else was throw threw me off with the plot one of the things that is big on this back to sonia blade she's chasing kano she is laser focused on getting this guy for killing her partner like she wants to fuck him up she's literally pushing her way through civilians innocent civilians knocking him around has no problem spraying bullets around innocent civilians just to get to this fucking guy right she sees him board the boat and she's like i'm going after him her part this other guy is with her is like sonia don't do you it you know who that don't other guy was that. who was that Jax. was that Jax? Mm-hmm. i saw him i didn't recognize it was the same guy from before uh mm-hmm. Don't do it, Sonia. And she's fucking running for that boat, right? The second she gets on the boat, she meets Johnny Cage. Luke Kang focuses off. She's not trying to find Kano anywhere. She's like, I mean, it's a limited boat, man. He's not, he can't get away. She's not looking for him. She's just, just like, you know what? He's here, and that's enough for me. What? Yeah. I guess what? I guess you play the long game on a boat because <laughs> the only escape is get jump and swim kill him just get it over with you were ready to go kill him in a club full of innocent civilians now she you took have her... him cornered on a boat and you're like meh let me take a nap yeah and she just shoots a guy <laughs> that comes at her in the club but then she puts a puts a pistol to johnny cage's neck and he's like please stop but i'm gonna be arrogant as anything even though there's a gun pressed firmly in my jugular <laughs> everything about this was so weird like there's a spot where you know he uh, you know mistakes Luke Kang for being like the help and wants him to carry his bags and Luke Kang takes the money and throws his bag in the water and the dude calm as anything is just like hmm wasn't expecting that well he's arrogant like too. anybody else would have been pissed especially somebody that's arrogant somebody that's a pompous asshole type of a an actor like he would have been berating the shit out of out of uh, the help you know what I mean like True. it just there was so much about these these oh god i don't know if it's just the writing or it was the writing and the combination of acting which we'll get to but man the the movie again you know we have a a a, th- a singular plot like this is the main theme right but everything else that was supposed to be added to it to help build character or background story was so flimsy and full of holes and so just didn't fit with things i think like luke kang comes from this order of Shaolin monks, right? He's trained by them. We're assuming this is the, the right story, right? Where he was trained by them. He grew up trained by them. He has the fighting styles of the monks, the, 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 the temple of light. How does he not know who Raiden is? I think he's in that. Uh, okay. So let me use a, <laughs> uh, let me use a parallel here. Uh, uh, let me tell you a little, um, a story about little Amish fellas. Uh, from the time they are 16 till 20, they have the ability and the option yeah, they yeah. choose to leave the Amish What's it order. Called? It's called something. I can't forget what I'll it's get called. There. I'll get there. Uh, it's this little event known as Rumspringa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very Dutch, Pennsylvania Dutch specifically, which is a derivative of German. Uh, closer to Hessian, I believe, which is what Germany was, a tribe of different tribes of Hessians in the Germanic area way back when um but it's basically hey do i want to continue to be amish and not have electricity and do i want to also not drive cars or whatever um wear some wool clothes in the heat of summer and straw hats that look like i should be in a barbershop quartet maybe uh or you can or they can choose to not so that's you know that's uh Kind of like what I would imagine this is sort of like for 
Liu Kang. Yeah, for Liu Kang, where he's like, I don't know that I believe all your uh, wizard, your weirdo stuff. I'm but gonna I go ahead and I just feel like not... he'd know what the dude looks like, right? Like these guys all know what Raiden looks like. Okay. Or if is this his are... first time? Like everybody's seen, everybody's acting like they've seen him before, right? They're like, oh, it's Raiden. But Liu Kang's the only one of the entire order who's never seen him before. Or he just doesn't believe it because if you are, so this might be hard for us to put in perspective. Yeah. Like a lot of things in the world today, but (laughs) you know, so if you are an Asian male that would you worship the embodiment, the physical embodiment of what, or of what looks like the physical embodiment of a white guy with gray hair. We're definitely going to get into that in casting and acting, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is 95. So there wasn't that wokeness, this idea to, to really, you know, cast more to, to the line of who should be playing these characters. Um, so the, I, for me, I just feel like, I don't think that was, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't give Luke Kang that, that out because initially that should you know what i'm saying i don't think he's looking at it as this is a white guy and i'm not going to bow to him i just feel like this was a a garbage piece of the plot it was a a plot hole basically i think the writer was just like i think he was showing that matter he didn't believe in his not his destiny but he didn't believe in the lore surrounding because who knows maybe it's a buddhist temple I, i don't know yeah and and raiden is a one of the many guys like we don't have the religious structure to know for sure what what you know what they're you know he just basically says i'm a descendant of of kung lao which not the kung lao with the hat from the from the last movie right a different kung lao right which we found um, out in the last one they reference as well is that kung lao the one that we know is a descendant of the original kung lao as well that, so that's who yeah. you know we're assuming but, luke kang's referencing in this one yeah and and um keep in mind this is involves elements of the first two games yes so uh looking here on the wikipedia kung lao made his first appearance in the second in mortal kombat 2 okay so was he uh at the time i don't know if he was if that was just let's call it a stage name uh or if he was you know if 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 the mythos was, was in place yeah was it retcon that he was the the biological descendant and Liu Kang was the adoptive or because he was a descendant was it, was he a descendant because he just trained at the same temple and learned the same stuff that Kung Lao had originally taught or mm. been taught and won the tournament many many moons before one of the things that bothered me through this, and I think I might have a grasp on the reasoning behind it, but let me ask you what, what you got out of it. Because again, this goes towards the plot and the does it make sense? So Shang Sun was like, I mean, adamant, adamant that Sonya Blade had to be a part of this. Why? I don't know. Was he lonely? Or- it felt like it, right? Because he was con- he was constantly like like the lovely so-and-so my dear he calls her my dear at one point goes to the to the to where he challenges her as the final and then doesn't even challenge her to fight her he instead he has somebody chain her up dress her in some weird leather like short dress and 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 tease her hair and do her makeup not just that princess uh, basically make her two things put her in a princess leia outfit uh but also 
make her look a little bit like Sindel. Dude, it's like who? So by the way, the- Sindel not in the second game either. So, but it's funny that like the like I said, I believe I said this in the last one. There's things about the layout, like things that you have to, for me when you're a writer. Like, please do things that'll somewhat make sense. Okay, like on on the 2021 version, why does he have a throne at the end of a two and a half mile long, you know, cliff? This one, it's like, who is doing her hair? Who did he have? Like, you know what I mean? You're talking about Shang Sun, who's here in Mortal Kombat, in the Outworld, in this kind of mentality that I'm going to, I, I am about to, we're going to take over the Earth Realm. We're here to kill other people to take, I want to take souls. Who the shit does he have doing hair? Like, is he, that he's like, you know what? I, I don't like the way she pulls her hair back in a ponytail. You, you, those two big dudes in the, to brutes, get yeah. on it right and they're over mm-hmm. there bringing out like their curling irons and their rollers and and aquanet hairspray hey everybody's <laughs> got a passion but come on dude like what? like Chris, that you don't you know s- any bodybuilders that also know martial <laughs> artists mar- martial arts and are i mean don't mess with the zohan wasn't that maybe <sighs> that's a maybe that's a sequel to this movie just it was intense dude i mean it was just weird dude i'm like come on by so way, many things. I've never this. watched that movie. Don't mess with the Zohan. Oh, so guess what we're watching it. next? No, we're not watching that ever. <laughs> by the way, I'll just show up and be part. like, "I didn't watch it, Chris. What it's do you want to talk about it's next?" It's going to be one of those ones. It's going to be one where we'll do a month where we force each other to watch movies we don't want to watch. I, I remember early on when I said, "Welcome to the show." This is basically a show where we just mess with each other and pick awful <laughs> movies to watch, make the other one watch it. We'll do a month that way. Um, get ready awful. to watch. What's that movie? The Recliner some shit like that the couch oh it's anyway. killer sofa <laughs> killer sofa <laughs> i kind of want to watch that by the way just oh. to see how awful it is it's probably you know, better than this plot dude okay so seriously time out because i know you're a horror and and thriller slasher movie fan those movies that are bad are so good though because they're so bad and they don't think that they are they're like oh this is citizen kane it's like all right dude that's I'm going to say I've about that. I've definitely got one for you. I've definitely got one for you to watch. Is it about um, Robert the Doll? Because no, okay, no, no. Mortal Kombat. You need to put Robert the Doll in your next game. <laughs> Have you done? Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? You're familiar with Robert the Doll? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man! All right. So, anything else you want to say on this amazing plot? I mean, it. We talked a lot longer than the plot needed to be we talked should. about. But we did not stay on subject or top, or we did not stay on topic. So Oof. therefore it made the plot that much better. <laughs> Let's move on to the cast, the acting. Oh. The crafting. Okay, so there are a few on here that were decent. I enjoyed Liu Kang. I thought Liu Kang did a good job. Um What's his name? Uh, Robin, Robin Shu. Show. He's a former Shaolin monk, Liu Kang, right? Uh, who enters the tournament to avenge his brother's death, and he pl- and he plays it well. And he and I think everything about this character. I think he was a really good Liu Kang. I really mm-hmm. do. I think he nailed it. He looked the part. Um, obviously, you know, physically and, and and the martial arts it looked amazing. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is Liu Kang. I had no a question whether or not that should be Luke Kang. I'm pretty sure that he is one of the stunt, not the, but I think he was like one of the fight choreographers and stunt, not stunt people, but um, I think he was involved in a lot of the fighting to make it look legitimate. Yes, it was him and Pat Johnson, Pat E. Johnson, 
of the Matt uh, Johnson family. Yes, uncle <laughs> of, of uh, Matt Johnson, one of the podcasters on the network. Uh, but and they actually do a whole episode on Mortal this epi- this movie Mortal Kombat as well on Retropop. So go check that out. Oh, but so yeah, Luke Kang. I think <laughs> Luke Kang was great. Um, dude, the other great performance, Shang Sun. Oh, by far. Dude, Tagawa is just like he kills it. Like he has the facial, like he gives the facial, you know, like the expressions are so good. Well, they're and they're over the top scenery chewing and yes. it's needed. It's yes. expected. It's perfect. It's just so it reminds me of some of the dubbed like Godzilla movies or mm-hmm. whatever where you know like their their facial contortions are so not fitting to what's being said mm-hmm. but it kind of is reminiscent of that a little bit yeah in a positive way oh yeah he's awesome dude but it's just it's like if if you can go to 10 he went to 13 um not uh, not even okay and i'm reading this here on the wikipedia uh they he was their first and only choice when he showed up in audition to audition in costume and read his lines while standing on a chair yeah dude which is which could be chris where that where that angle came that camera angle came from let me tell you something when you put on a kind of performance where once you've done that now moving forward everybody reference the the original material like the creators of the original now reference you mm -hmm. right so if you watch the video look at the video games and a lot of the the way he's rendered especially the newer games on x uh, and uh, 10 and 11 looks like tagawa like they take a lot of his facial features now and implement it and, and, and you know his the way he acted they implement a lot of that in this character and he killed it you know he killed it for who this character was and i just thought you know these two were so good man like i said K- lu kang and, and shang sun were so good in this movie mm-hmm. and you almost need a scenery chewing villain yeah for uh like a goofball movie like this like marvel's not going to have something like this but like mm-hmm. like a character like this unless it's i mean i was about to say unless it's bad truck the leaper but then they had Batrack the Leaper in Winter Soldier and Falcon in the you know Captain America Winter Soldier and and uh, the the Falcon in the Winter Soldier uh, miniseries. So they kind of made him like a real legit like Z level villain. Yeah, as opposed to this. The other one, dude, uh, who I thought was amazing, and this was about it, um, unless I'm really missing. But overall, for me, these three were the best. Can I guess? Yeah. Ed Boone as the voice of Scorpion with get no. over here. <laughs> no, uh, Kano. Kano was perfect. He was Kano. He was the Kano from mm-hmm. the video games. He was the guy who played him, played him great as well. Kind of that really smart alecky kind of dude. Uh, not enough of him in the film for me. I wanted to have him more in this film, the same as I did in the 2021 updated version. I felt like both actors took this character and and did what they had to do to make him real. And it was this was Kano. Um, you know, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought he he, he killed it. And then that was it. <laughs> unless so for you, unless you have somebody in your mind that, that stood out as well, there was nobody else in this movie that made me feel like they were they were some top tier performances. Yeah, I mean, he he reminds me of the so the 2011, 2011 2021 <laughs> Kano uh, reminds me. Of, basically, he's like Deadpool, more or less, right? This yeah, one he's yeah, smart, just, smartass. Yeah, this one he's more of a. What do I got to do to get ahead? 
And speaking of a, a head, like that prosthetic that they put on looked like goofy as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're definitely getting into effects, <laughs> practical and non-practical effect, or, and special effects. But um, in terms of his performance, like what did you see? Because like I said, for me, Shining, Liu Kang, great performance. Shang, uh, uh, Shang Sun, great performance. Kano, great performance. Mm-hmm. Again, like the characters came to life. Um, now let's talk some of the other performances. This one, there's not much in ter- except for martial arts, but we did get to, this was the first time we ever get to see live action Scorpion or, or Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. And Reptile. And, well, yes. So let me tell you something. Like I said, I couldn't remember. I maybe saw this once. So when I started, when I watched it again for the show, uh, and they showed the the reptile as the as the uh, the statue, I was like, "Oh, that's right. They did do this." And I forgot that they had the human version. I was like, "Man, it would have been nice if they had the human version." And so I kept thinking to myself, "Where did I see a human version before? Must have been like a cosplayer or like one of these YouTube made you know video uh, movies fan made film. for YouTube type, yeah, fan film type things." Uh, but no, it was from this. I, I remember now. I remember seeing it. But yeah, dude, at least they did the human version. Um, I just wish it was the entire time was the human version. It was such a weird, again, we're going to get into effects later, but it was a weird decision to go with this. But in terms of the other two ninja, we get to see Scorpion and and Sub-Zero for the first time in living flesh, right? With I, I want to say that their costumes were completely based on the 8-bit version or the 16-bit version from MK1 because yeah. they, were, they were basically just <laughs> cut up. They were like ninja ninja undersuits with loincloths. Yeah, it's basically, you're right. It's almost like they took whatever uh, was worn by the actors for the video game and said, okay, you guys just wear this because this is what the characters are. They do didn't you guys do it, have them at home? Yeah, they didn't go out of their way to, to change it up or do anything different with it, which is fine. Uh, but we got to see these guys, right? So nothing impressive, right? Like at least in 2021, there was a lot of story behind it, a lot of interaction. You got, you got like feeling for these characters on both sides right this time it's they're they're mindless they're zombies they're shanks on zombies so you don't really care about them however Uh here we go chris uh casamasa played scorpion Mm -hmm. um he is best known for doing that and he was also a uh he is the son of martial artist guru and red dragon karate founder Okay, I thought they were going to go with the Red Dragon, the movie. Never mind. Um, however, he appears in other movies, Chris, such as uh, an uncredited tournament guest in The Karate Kid, 1984. Okay. He also appears... choreographed by Pat Johnson. Correct, Amundo. He also appears as the Batman stunt double in the Batman and Robin, George, uh, George Clooney vehicle, Batman and Robin. Also choreographed. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also appeared as stunt group goon in episode eight season, uh, episode 21 of season eight of Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh man. Is it, if and that's not a back to back, uh, you know, if that's not a, who's that of what, then I don't know what <laughs> is, um, that's, that's, uh, and he's, he's, yeah, that's, uh, that's him born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I know it. I know where yeah. that is. Uh, however, Francois Petit played Sub-Zero. He is best known for two things. Uh-oh. This movie. And his name. No. Francois. 
uh, and as the head doctor in the mid nineties for world wrestling federation. What the, f- I, I don't know. That's super random. He appeared in beyond the mat pro wrestling documentary, attending to wrestler performer Mick Foley after a particularly dangerous, dangerous stunt. Well, which one? Um, he was also mentioned in Foley's autobiography has have a nice day. Uh, given credit as a shiatsu massage therapist. He worked as a doctor for the WWF. Jeez. Um, That's weird. Yeah, let's look at some other ones here. So uh, we're just going to... Oh, Kitana. Okay, so Talisa Soto plays Kitana. Mm -hmm. Meh. Talk about Wooden. Bond girl in 1989. Wooden performance. Oh yeah, very like, like what very. the shit? Like Princess Katana is supposed to be super important in this lore, and they just brushed over her and had her as this weird kind of yeah. Shang Tsung has this weird thing about having women as trophies, right? Like he has Katana like like posed in a sitting thing off to the side on a rock, like with with candles and and little draperies, like like somebody had to go up there and put that together for her to sit at. You know what I mean? And and that's my point. Like he's got this thing. Um, oof, like I said, would for me it was a blah performance. Well, she wasn't in the first Mortal Kombat game, I don't believe. No, she? second one, I believe. So there wasn't the lore of Katana yet, but even okay, still, okay, uh, true. You know, uh, true, although true. Jade was supposed to be in this movie, the palette swap yes. of Katana, the yes. green, obviously green palette swap. Yes, I did see that. Um. Johnny Cage, dude. Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage. What were your thoughts? Reminds me of a uh, Phil Coulson stand-in. Yeah, I could or, see that. Well, I could uh, totally see that's that. Not his name, but yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. Um, I don't know. There's some. So it's not believable for me. This guy was not believable at all for me in terms of who this character was supposed to be. Mm-mm. He did, like his cockiness came across as an actor who was trying to play a cocky actor. Do you know what I mean? Like it was so it didn't it, it was just it, I don't know. It was not genuine for me. He struck me as um, kind of like a like a what's the word like a, like he's just kind of not paying attention. Yeah. From almost all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and oh, God, the lines written for him were rough, dude. So many rough lines well, in this film. And, and, you know, they're they're just shoehorning in a lot of stuff. Like when he fights um, Goro, you know, at the end when he knocks Goro off the ledge. And then, was it? No, it was Scorpion when he was fighting Scorpion. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's on fire. Like, Scorpion's on fire and the whole place is on fire. Interesting choice, by the way. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, he just throws one of the, you know, the, the arrogant, Hey, to my, to my biggest fan, Johnny Cage, you know, from the game, ripped <sighs> right from the game. Yeah. It was, it was, um, okay. And yeah, I just, like I said, it didn't come across as believable. First of all, because some of his, obviously, you know, he had to train and, and learn a lot of the martial arts for this film to play this character, right? I think he said, what am I looking at? Karate, Taekwondo, and Kung Fu Mm -hmm. specifically for this film. But it's, it's all mechanical looking. It doesn't look fluid. It doesn't look like what, like, because, so the idea is, is this character in the video game. And even, you know, the the idea was he's supposed to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was modeled after a, a, a dude who's legit, in martial arts however many people don't take him seriously because he's a hollywood actor this guy felt like he 
just finished his role on a soap opera and was just now getting into action films. That's what this guy felt like. And, and I believed zero, zero belief that this guy had any kind of martial arts training whatsoever. I'm going to go along with that. Um, I mean, he was serviceable, but I don't know that that's okay. So we've been saying serviceable a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know that I mean, just in the last few weeks, I'm not positive that serviceable is as good as it, as I originally thought it was. <laughs> However, he does act quite a bit and I'm just going to run down some notable names of movies uh, that he has done. Chris, let's do it. Wild things too. Yep. Huh? Oh, that's right. Wild things, diamonds in the rough. Also both, <sighs> both with the high prestige of direct to video. Uh, he was in a movie unrelated to this called sub zero. Mm. He was in resident evil extinction, which is uh, another Paul W.S. Anderson written but not directed movie because this was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Um, let's see here. The Joneses because, oh, and he was credited as golfer number three. This is rough, dude. I'm looking at the entire, yeah, I'm looking at his stuff, man. He was an Iron Man three playing a nondescript commander. Yeah. He was also on Melrose place a few times. It looks like back in the day, murder. She, Oh, never mind. I thought it was murder. She wrote, it said murder. She purred. I'm sorry. What? Maybe I'm looking at his adult list, uh, adult film list. Yeah, dude. Again, mm, nothing too impressive. Let's move on to more non-impressive performances. Bridget Wilson, Sonya Blade, wife again, of Pete Sampras. Again, dude. Like, there's nothing at all that I believe about her being special ops whatsoever. Mm-hmm. She was just an it girl of the time, and Pete Sampras thought so too. Oh, and the fact that she was supposed to be zeroed in on one dude and then just stops, just just cold turkey on a ship. Like there was nothing, nothing about it, dude. Both, both, both of these, right? Like I said on the last one too for Sonya Blade, man, we really needed someone better. And I just don't know who can who they need to do it. But one of the things I saw was that Cameron Diaz was supposed to play this character and ended up not doing it because she had hurt her wrist or ankle or had hurt something. So she couldn't play Sonya Blade in this movie. But thank God she didn't, dude. Because when you look at the product, her acting would have done zero to help this film. I don't even know of any like quality, like karate people, martial artists that, I mean, maybe someone from MMA who focuses more on striking than they do on grappling yeah but i don't even watch mma to even know who to suggest i mean there there are women fighters out there that could pull it off right but then you have to be able to act too you have to be charismatic and be able to carry a character and make that character believable and nothing about her in this film made me believe her being anything okay she was literally holding kano's neck with her ankles her ankles bro you mean you're trying you're trying to convince me that her the, the the strength from just her hips and 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 just just her hips alone is enough to her to snap a dude's neck with her ankles hey her hips might not lie chris bro <laughs> this ain't shakira this ain't shakira okay that i would want to see, see i would be okay that i would She'd snap his neck and just the twitch of a hip, dude. <laughs> just from him watching, be like, "Oof!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, I don't know, dude. Why can't they? Why can't they get Sonya Blade right? What's so hard about getting Sonya Blade right? 
I think it, it something has to be like, so the character of Sonya Blade is a tall, relentless, highly trained white woman, right? Um, I don't know that there's a lot of, I mean, it's, you're going to get someone who bleaches their hair, maybe, or you're going to get somebody who turns in a performance like this, maybe. That's That's all I can think of. Dude. You could put Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife in this role and she would do better. Oh she god, two years she, ago, man. What is going on? She what his current wife though. Uh-oh. I don't think so. But his but Beth, probably. Beth Dog. Wow. Dude, I don't know. It was it was again, you want to talk about cardboard cardboard performances. That's another one. And last but not least, bro, I'm sorry, but it was it was Whitewash Raiden himself. It was disappointing to me, this performance. Christopher Lambert. I'm going to call him Christopher Lambert. Technically, it is Christopher <laughs> Lambert as he is French. but yeah. Christophe. Yeah. Christophe Lambert. Yeah, the uh, well, the whitewashing of Raiden. Granted, Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, Raiden had like a gambit mask on. What's with that look? The gambit headpiece. Like, What's the deal with that look? Yeah. How comfortable is or isn't that? Anyway, back to the show. Um <laughs> So you don't really know Raiden's nationality of any, or if he has one, or if he's supposed to just look like, yeah, you know, shadowy from the nose up. But the the accent, the 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 one liners that did not land at all, dude. The the little weird cackling thing he did, and then he was just like, "Oh, sorry." It was like, "What mm-hmm. is going on right now?" Like, yeah. where well, did this, like, uh, how? Was this the director? The director say do this? Is this in the script? Was this the actor's choice? Whatever it was, it had to. Why be. does it exist? Why well, it, it exist? had to be, and you know, nothing against his French accent, but uh, a god of thunder that's worshipped by a bunch of monks. Again, I said it earlier. Shouldn't he be maybe look more like the monks? They, I think they did a good job in 2021's version of making him more of Asian descent. Well, but, it says it says here that in the video game he's based on the Japanese deity Raijin. So why wouldn't he be? And is depicted as the god of thunder who possesses control over lightning. The god of thunder who possesses control of lightning. Yeah, that it's sentence like, makes sense. He's like Thor, dude. I know. Um, he's like Thor, but, but also like his his delivery was just so weird. It's it was brooding and it was whispers. So it was like Steven Seagal was, but someone wrote one-liners that rough. didn't know how funny worked they didn't bring the haha bro that was it was rough and then just and then again there's another piece of me where like raiden was such a cool character and we saw we saw none of that at all like none of the i mean we got zero fighting from him aside from some a little bit of lightning here and there mm-hmm. but no like no flying no like <laughs> Z- teleported out but that was it <clears throat> yeah like it was it was um meh. again there was a lot of wooden performances in this film this was one of them they could have done okay home alone right with the uh the cardboard cutouts on the train in the window i think they put on a better performance than this cast of actors did yeah most of them yeah i think scorpion and sub-zero turned in the best performances <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Let's uh let's move on to the music, dude.
It's okay. So yeah, we're 1995. We are in the midst, like like America is in the midst of this kind of resurgence of techno, right? Techno was a big thing in the late 70s and early 80s in the clubs and then kind of slowly started to die away until the 90s and club drugs came around and techno came back hard in the 90s. And when it came time to do uh, a martial arts film, um, I think I said it on the last one when, you know, drumming, like drums come in perfect when it comes well depending on the music techno electronic that type of music works out right you want mm-hmm. something fast-paced something rhythmic, high energy high energy yes mm-hmm. this is an embodiment of that oh yeah this i mean this we, sums up the whole <laughs> movement of that literally and, with the opening scream you know just that scream dude and everybody this, knows this, it yeah this song is sums up the entire that whole time 90s to early 2000s of yeah. the, the the techno boom crystal yeah. method you know yeah. dj sammy yeah. uh, every house dj every acid house every derivative of electronica and techno and dance mm. and and you know all those and it also sums up every single techno remix of any song ever basically basically and you're right the entire the entire thing is almost kind of a a remix of the same song throughout except here and there there are some kind of i don't know if you want to call it like speed metal there's some like heavy metal some some almost like speed metal heavy metal riffs happening in in certain spots time out this is weird Uh uh-oh Track John Williams six. did this. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Although I wouldn't, uh, okay, I would not um, find it weird if any of the guys from Kraftwerk had done anything. Right, right. Track number six on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack is called Halcyon Plus On Plus On, or probably Halcyon and On and On. Yeah. Artist Tracy Lords. That the makes sense. That was, the, yeah. She was, I remember she did a thing where she was trying to get into music back in the oh, day, okay. dude. Well, that, that, she was that, doing this kind of music, electronic, industrial type of, of music, club stuff. And you know what? Okay. A lot of the other, I, I didn't know that, but a lot of the other stuff in here, KMFDM, you yep. remember them? Yeah. Orbital. Kill amazing. motherfucking Depeche Mode, by the way. I, and Orbital. I love oh, Orbital. Oh, Orbital. Yes. I remember uh, Orbital, dude. Fear Factory. Yep. Typo negative. Oh yeah. Oh, was there typo negative, or maybe that must have been the the rock spot spots. Blood and fire. I hearing the ashes mix. So it was a mix. Go okay. figure. Yeah, yeah. But this is it, right? Like this is the techno industrial kind mm-hmm. of of music, and it works for this kind of film. It really does. I can't say anything bad about it. I mean, unless if this isn't your your type of music, you're not going to enjoy it. But for what it is and for what it's trying to do for this film, it works perfectly, you know, and then you have the score certain aspects of the film, like, like, uh, you know, when the ship's coming out of the fog and they're like, what the hell is that? And the music's all ominous and brooding like that works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when there's that kind of sweeping orchestral sounds, when you first see that the temples, the Buddhist temples and Luke Kang's first getting there, like it all works out. Okay. <laughs> and now I'm looking at the score. Uh oh, this is Tracy weird. Lords. <laughs> Believe it or not, no. Uh, so the original motion picture score was instrumental, 
composed by George S. Clinton. Not that George Clinton. Yeah, right, right, right. I had to look it up. I had to look it up. Dude, when I saw his when I saw George S. Clinton come up, I was like, hang on a second. That's not the same George S. Clinton. That's not the same George Clinton, is it? No, it's not. This one's a white, old white guy. Yeah, but here's the other thing. Buckethead. Really? Yeah, Buckethead. Wow. Okay. Okay. The drums were played by a guy who goes by the name of Brian. Uh, a contemporary rock drummer and composer. He has played with bands such as Primus, Guns N' Roses, Godflesh, and others such as Tom Waits, Serge Tankian, blah, 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 blah. Nice. So it's so odd to see some of these names start to come around more and more often. Uh, I think I mentioned Buckethead a couple weeks back as you a did. joke. Yeah. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, this the, the soundtrack for this, I mean, what are you going to expect for what it, this movie but is? A, but here's the thing. It's it's like looking at it on paper here. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah, no, it's great it, artists and, and, and it works. I'm telling you, it works. It was new at the time. It's almost 70 minutes, so it'll fit on a CDR. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it'll, it's also, it says here, first sound, it's soundtrack went platinum in less than a year and uh, was inducted in the Guinness Book of World Records 2011 edition as, quote, the most successful video game spinoff soundtrack, made a history to be the first EDM or electronic dance music record to receive platinum certification yeah, dude. in the United States. Yeah, dude. It was, uh, it was something because special it for the time. For the time, man. The only thing it's missing is Mushroom Head. <laughs> Wait, next film we're going to be like, you're going to be like, holy shit, guess who's on this soundtrack? <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it now. Mushroom Head, Skinny Puppy. Um, <laughs> maybe let's throw some Rammstein in there because we yeah, haven't heard from not? them in a while. A little bit of do husts while we have to put, yeah. Uh, what else you got to say about this soundtrack? Anything else? Imagine if Tiffany was in it. <laughs> <laughs> the techno remix of Tiffany, the techno remix. Oh, no, God. I have nothing else to say about the soundtrack. I, surprisingly, it was, now that I think about it or look at it, it's actually better than I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. And I did watch this movie. Yeah, when I was watching it, when it, you know, right when it kicked off and the, the music kicked in, I was like, okay, this is going to be fun to talk about the music. It's just this, right? But it wasn't. Throughout the film, it changes up. It does its thing, and it, and it was pretty decent. So that's one of the good things this film did have going for it. Well, well let's and, move on to... Oh, sorry, Ed. Sorry, it's okay. And and one thing that, that I, I do kind of forget about periodically is, so the, the, the soundtrack is 70 minutes, 68 minutes. The movie's 101 minutes long. So they're not playing music the whole time. So you're only getting a portion of the song or a portion of the score, the score, actually they're playing the whole thing. But with the, if it's a, if it's not an original soundtrack, if it's licensed music, you're only getting the hook or the refrain or the part that is relevant to the scene. Right. So that's something to consider as well. Exactly. Uh, Let's talk about, (laughs) because there's a lot to talk about here. Special effects. Let me sum it up for you. <laughs> okay. It's 1995 when this oh, movie is released. Man, you can tell. And Nintendo 64 still isn't a thing. So we don't have polygons yet. Wow. We got 16-bit systems. The Sega Saturn was the first 32-bit, right? Uh, actually, technically, it was uh, Sega 32X. Um 
Hmm. Let's see. When did set? When did thirty-two bit gaming systems come? I think it was ninety-five. Let's find out. Oh, I don't seven. know, yep. but I I want to say yep. I just want to put this out there, okay? Because I get where you're coming from, but it's not an excuse. This film is two years later than Jurassic Park. True. So, knowing where we were with computer technology for Jurassic Park, you would think two years later we would at least take advantage of that level or higher. And what we saw was a combination, at least for me, was a combination of that level or like, like 1985. I don't know. Some of it was pretty rough, man. Pretty right. rough green screen. All right. Let me put it in perspective for you here. This, this movie came <laughs> <Robocop>. out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, August 18, 1995 is when this movie came out. Yeah. August 15, 1995 is when Windows 95 went released to manufacture, which means that they started printing discs. Wow. So they didn't even have Windows 95 to work on. Wow. They had to build their own engines, which they still do, but they had to build all this stuff. And guess what? They didn't farm it out to ILM on an 18 some was budget. So like I said, some is decent, but some, I mean, a lot of it's pretty, pretty rough. It, and you know what it looks like? It looks like Wolfenstein on DOS. Some of there's, the stuff. Yes, there's a lot of it that looks like Wolfenstein. A lot of it looks like it was done on the USA Network. Do you know what I mean? There's so many different <laughs> scenes where you're just like, is this for real? Is this the, really the, happening right now? The graphics <laughs> rivaled that of where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? The very first thing that comes to mind is Scorpion. And the very first time we see this thing come out of his hand and then it opens its mouth and starts making these like little like velociraptor sounds a little mini dinosaur sounds like what the oh. shit is going on do you know what the budget for jurassic park was <laughs> what was it dude 63 million dollars oh my god and uh guess who did their cg yeah ilm right yeah guess who didn't do the cg for yeah, the obviously movie? what was the budget for this movie 18 million oh my so, god you know, yeah, not much. You could, you could tell that not much of it went into although, special effects. Although we did get the predator effect where yeah. it was invisible. So that looks good. And that looks cool. That was about it. Yeah. But when he goes from stone to this weird kind of, he looks kind of like the gecko for Geico. Uh, well, like he's rebuilding himself. Yeah. That's early days Photoshop, dude. That's early days Photoshop where you're coming up with textures and patterns that you can now overlay and wrap mm -hmm. around your 3D figures. You know what I mean? Oh, that was rough. You could see some of that stretching happening with the, <laughs> whatever that paint job was for the lizard piece. Yeah, pretty rough, dude. Pretty, pretty rough. It, it, it left just a smidgen to be desired, I would say. But remember, um, Windows 95 wasn't out yet. No. So when she first points her gun at Sub-Zero and he does that gimmick where he touches it and freezes the barrel and oh, breaks dude. it, looks good. Uh, I thought it looked good. For the most Not, part. Yeah, I mean, for its era, it looked decent. Like, it wasn't to the point where it was really comical yet. It looked um, like they zoomed in because they had to. Yes. And it was like stop motion type stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, speaking of stop motion, Goro. 
Like there were times where he felt super stop motion. There were times where it felt computer animated. So there were times where it felt like a dude was wearing a giant, like, like just kind of prosthetic body thing that was walking around. Mm-hmm. What? I liked yeah. the new version. There's a lot of people b- bitching about the new version. I think he looked much better than this one. Um, I think the aliens from they live look better than this version <laughs> because they moved in a, in a very a semi-natural state. Yeah. This one is, uh, and then dude, come on. Like how ridiculous when he gets punched in the balls and we have to see this goofy ass face on Goro, man, we have to zoom in and see a goofy face on this computer animated thing, man. This isn't a Jim Henson's workshop no. uh, oof, figure, oof. but what if Chris, his eyes like swirled around oh, in opposite directions, dude, like, or they went googly eyes, and then you see little <laughs> stars like popping in and out, like little, fucking little Roger Rabbit birds around his head, like yeah, uh, like Roger Rabbit. Oh God, dude, yeah. Um, oh God, I don't know what else was rough when he when Johnny Cage threw him off the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> Rough dude, rough when he's falling into the abyss. That was rough. How about when Scorpion removes his mask mm. <laughs> and it's the skull, dude? Uh, the body just stood there. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's dress this science skeleton up in this scorpion outfit. My and then, but also, when like they cut each arm, it was like, like it, you could tell that there was just like. You cut it. And I don't remember that part of Scorpion at all. It like, was like it was like bright pink ooze coming out, bro. Well, there was also fire that came out. And then like his head explodes. And and can I ask you why his body explodes like it sticks a dynamite and not like meat and bone? PG, uh, what is this? What's the rating on this one? That would be why. Yeah, it may be. It may be why it's rough because... I mean, you're. Let's talk about. You know, I just watched the movie Scanners recently, right? And it's the most famous for a scene where this dude's head explodes. And that was done in 1981, and it looks so much more realistic than this computer-generated dynamite explosion that Johnny Cage was running from. And to be honest with you, I didn't see that he threw it. That picture, the he fact didn't that throw it, just, it, it just shows up just, at the end. Oh God. Stop that's, it. That's just wedging it in from the game. Just stop it. There's so many, nobody cares about that. You're you're avoiding so many other things from the game and not showing us what we want for, you know what I mean? And you're showing this. Uh, you got Johnny Cage doing the nut punch on Goro. Yep. We did the shadow the, uh, kick. He did the shadow kick that he missed because he was getting sucked. In. So they, they mm-hmm. explain the shadow kick because he's being sucked into the other level, like that other dimension type oh, thing. Yeah, so it wasn't even like tier. he had the power for it. It was just that he was being sucked into it. You know what I mean? Mm, that's dumb. The, the nut punch though was, <laughs> was, you see, so you saw art who the hell is art, whatever his name is too. Um, <laughs> That guy, uh, Art Lean. I don't remember this guy from the game at all. No, no, he and was the created character that was supposed to. <laughs> he was like he didn't Cole. do shit. He's by the, the Cole way. character. No, just got his ass whooped. And yeah, that was the other thing. I was literally expecting you. Like the first time you see this, you're expecting Goro to rip this dude in half. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Well, yeah, or like lift him up and then like break his back. Something. No, he just holds him up to for like tribute to cheer to Shang Tsung. Cheers. But it it like. When you saw him warming up and then Goro shows up and there's this really delayed, what's that from him? Yeah. But you saw him like practicing and he does a split and does a, like a low punch. 
it would have made sense if Johnny Cage was like, oh, I got to incorporate that into my arsenal because Something. he's my friend. I, I, he and I are friends for two days and I really appreciate his fighting style from way back when I saw him fight in London. So I'm going to yeah. put it in my fighting style for the next movie. I don't know, but he dies. Spoiler alert. You don't have to watch it. He dies in five minutes. <laughs> Thanks for saving us, dude. Thanks for saving us. You're all welcome. Yeah. Um, the effects in this film have a lot. And even the practical, you were talking about Kano's eye thing, right? Mm-hmm. Partially looks cool, but partially looks like what is the way that the skin just kind of bunches up around it? And it looks like putty. Like it was like mm-hmm. smashed up against a putty face. Yeah, it looks like they put it over top of his face instead of in his face. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> um, let's just say it needs some work. What about the uh, the way Sub Zero conjures the ice out of the air? Now, that was believable, decent, not bad. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that's believable, somewhat decent, not okay. the scorpion spear, though. Oh, god, dude, the fact that it, it like followed him through like the forest. Mm-mm. That whole scene was weird. It came out of nowhere. Like you're watching this thing, then all of a sudden we cut to this and then back. It was like, what the hell are we like? What's the point to this? And I get well, what they're doing. Like he's saying the entire island is, is a fight. So no matter where you are, you know, the fight could happen. But everybody else has a fight where it starts. Right. And, and it's, uh, and it's, it's arranged. Yeah. yeah and also like, you're not allowed to fight unless you accept it. Right. Like you can't challenge, like you can't fight someone in Mortal Kombat unless they accept it. Unless it's a tournament, unless it's a tournament bout, if oh. you're fighting a tournament bout that's scheduled, yes, you can. It's whoever you have you're scheduled to. to, yeah. But if it's like when Johnny K- or who was it, Johnny Cage challenged Goro, I think it was, yeah, or Scorpion. Uh, it was either Goro or Scorpion. Um, you know, he he basically is like, well, I didn't expect him to you to fight him yet, but right. cool, yeah. Um, I was disappointed we didn't see any fireballs from Liu Kang until the very end, and it, and it was so ambiguous. Like you're just like, eh, there was something happened there. I think it was probably him realizing his destiny, his yeah. his purpose. But the heavy-handed, hey, this is what's happening right now from Katana. I could have done without that. Oh yeah, constantly she was like she's like the uh, she's like the old man that that kind of coaches the the kid at, in the sports team up until she's he's Walter at the Matthew. final he's at the final game right and she's telling him keep your eye on the ball kid and he's hearing it in his mind during that you know that was it was just so obnoxious and ridiculous dude um mm-hmm. and how come we didn't get any of her fan blades or any of that stuff dude like why no didn't we get that the other thing is it's it's really tough for to to pull off the Liu Kang bicycle kick thing, right? Like that's tough to pull off on screen because it did mm-hmm. not look good in this film. I think that's why they went with more of a <laughs> slightly different angle. Yeah. Remember, this is before Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. So all that wire foo wasn't really as much. No one was well. using it so much. Yeah. That or as well defined or as inexpensive, I guess, as it is now. But I don't know. I have to look. That was 2001. What was? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, okay. I was going to say the Matrix was 99, and they, 99, were, they, yeah. they were starting to use the, the wires as well. Um, anything else I'm missing in terms of special effects or practical? Any computer or practical? What was what stood out for you that was, I was going to say amazing, but man. <laughs> oh, Crouching Tiger was 2000. Oh, you know, okay. What did look good, too? Uh, the, the scene where um, 
Johnny Cage's mentor is there and it's telling him blah blah blah, the but it's transition. actually Shang Sun and he's walking yeah. and all of a sudden he transitions. Great. Look absolutely good. perfect. It was so nicely done. So yeah. nicely done. The it's I, I want to say that that was um probably there was there was a couple of those that were pretty good. I, I think they did some uh they did a couple of those in the movie, if I'm not mistaken, but you could tell where they were, they were definitely like cutting like when yeah. at the final fight where it's Shang Tsung and then like they cut to Liu Kang or they just yeah. pan the camera over and then cut back to save on the, the CG. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. his little brother. Yeah. Um, oof. yeah, there, there were less good than there were bad. Let's just That's true. more very- good. There were less good, more bad, most most certainly. Very, very true. So with that said, let's get into our final reactions, our thoughts on the film, things that stood out for us, our rating. We are rating these out of five Veronica Vaughns. Uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. So you want me to pan this movie before you do? Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You might be surprised. It's 4.5 oh, for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hold you to that and put that in the official archives. <laughs> So this movie uh, is much different than I remember it. Uh, and I watched it probably within the last 10 years. Uh, I will admit to that on public recording. <laughs> uh, it's Actually, it's probably been close to 14 years since I've seen it. Uh, I did not remember the mentor, Johnny Cage's mentor at all in this movie. Granted, he's there for 35 seconds. Uh, I thought Art. he was a Quaid. I thought at first he was like Randy Quaid or or, or Dennis. No, I thought it was Dennis Quaid at first because his mm. eyes, like the from the from the crazy? Um, you know the the n- newspaper up, looked like looked like Dennis Quaid. What if it was Michael McDonald? <laughs> you Michael, are my Johnny, I want to tell you you're the best fighter ever. <laughs> that would have been that would have made this movie a five all day, right? <laughs> um. So this movie just, I think, like you said, there's not a lot of wokeness in 1995. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the least part of woke yet. Uh, I don't think, I think that probably came around 96 to 2002-ish um, in terms of, at least in my purview of uh, how kids how kids spoke in, the, in that time frame. <laughs> um, so as far as this movie goes, um, well, the script is, a, is it, okay. The good, it has Mortal Kombat characters in it and events and places. And it took uh, Kerry, uh, Hiroki Yu, Tagawa, the guy that played Shang Tsung, it took his likeness and made it more Shang Tsungian, yeah. I guess you could say. Uh, and he is the guy anytime you see him. That's all that's there's Shang Tsung, Shang Tsung. Yeah. Um, so uh, th- that's a pl- that's a plus one. It had Scorpion and Sub Zero, um, albeit interesting versions of them. Yeah, it had a story. It had actors. It had a budget. It made more money than what it cost. You're just listing facts, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it had. Uh, These are all the see, facts. Thirteen people. Build. <laughs> uh, it did have effects. So I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't awful it had that really cool forest in japan you know the with johnny cage mm-hmm. um 
it made an attempt. It, it attempted to add to the very minimal lore that was already out. Mortal Kombat 3 was either just coming out or had been out barely. So in 95, it was the, the, third, the third game before MK Trilogy. Um, so there was very little... I think MK4 is when they really started to pull like, hey, we have to do something aside being just mash buttons and, and right. you win. They did incorporate some of the game elements. I mentioned the Johnny Cage signed poster. Uh, the CG for uh, for the towers, did you notice that? They would always go outside, do like an external panoramic sweep and then like work their way up the tower. Yeah. Kind of like they were working their way up to the big boss at the end, which was an MK1, 2, and 3 that was really the only way you played one and two, really. Right. Um, so that was subtle, not very heavy handed, but it was, they did it enough, more than enough. Uh, they tried with the effects. They tried to give Reptile a sort of makes sense to make him the green ninja. Mm. Sort of. Um, I'm still fuzzy on that character because uh, now there's the chameleon, which I don't even know. <laughs> um Robin Shu was very good. His mullet commanded the screen. <laughs> you know, that thing, that thing had volume. And especially when he nipped up toward the end, that hair oh, was about perfect, bro. Man, it was whew, it was something. Um, but there was a lot of missteps. Like this the graphics, man. The the game was on fire. So why didn't they invest more money in, into the graphics or mm -hmm. into the logic? You mentioned the scorpion fight with Johnny fight in air quotes with Johnny Cage in the forest made no sense. Uh, the the spear I always thought the spear came out like it was a spider web, but it was retractable. I didn't think it came out of his hand. That's I always thought it was like it was used in the newest newest one, the way he just throws it and pulls him in. Like like that because because that's a legit it. weapon that was used, you know, mm -hmm. the 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 spear end tied to the rope. Uh that's mm -hmm. how I always saw it. I never saw it as any kind of retractable anything. Yeah, because in the game when you threw it, it wouldn't come back if it did, if right. it was blocked. So there was that. Um the acting was very stiff on a lot of people. We already mentioned who and, and for the many reasons. And then you get to Raiden. That's just a whole nother subject matter that I think we covered too. I just wanted to call it out specifically. I don't think a Steven Spielberg cameo, which was planned and agreed to, would have helped this at all. <laughs> I don't think. He did back out because he got busy. Can't imagine why. I think the words anything else came up. And uh, I don't have anything on my calendar. That's all he's. I'm busy. What are you doing? Anything else? Nothing Doesn't at all. Matter. Actually, um, I can't. I can't. I can't give this thing is 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 wonderfully bad. I guess I could say it's a stinker. It's a big time stinker. Um, I would watch the new one before I watch this one again. Quite honestly, I will not watch the Annihilation because that one, by the way. Hot garbage, dog shit, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It is a cow patty. It is a steaming pile of poop. I don't we know. We might do a live commentary it. on that here soon. It is the Saban version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action TV show. If you want me to, if you want, if if you're not familiar with this, Chris, I've got some things to tell you. I know that was awful that. too. Yeah, it, they introduced a fifth character. Oof. Her name was Venus De Milo. No thanks. Mm -hmm. No thanks. It was weird. Uh, showed up on an episode of Power Rangers. 
figure that one out. Nice. Uh, so this one, this is a stinker. It's getting a two out of five. I will not watch this again anytime. Two Veronica Vaughns. Mm-hmm. You're generous. You are generous. Uh, I have to echo almost everything you've said exactly. Um, there were some things to, so you, like they did throw. So one of the things you said that had it going for it was that it had characters. It had the main Mortal Kombat storyline, that the idea that Earth's in the balance, you know, the fate of Earth is in the balance. There's one more tournament left. Like all of that's in place. All the things you needed were in place. It's just that so, so the acting was hit and miss throughout the entire thing. The special effects was hit and miss. The writing was hit and miss. Um, there was a lot of it that just kept, you know, right when you would get some sort of promise, it just fell apart. Um, you know, you have a, a fight scene between Scorpion and Johnny Cage in the woods, and what should look cool and amazing is all hot garbage because you're wasting time on something that doesn't exist at all in the realm. This this kind of it's almost like it's its own pet, like a, 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 a you know, it's like it's like Scorpion's Mister Burns, and he's sending the the hounds out against you know, release the hounds, and this thing's chasing Johnny through the forest, like what until it smashes its face into you know into a tree. Like, I don't get the the thinking here. You could have had, especially with the way the trees are lined up and just visually speaking, you could have had an amazing fight sequence there. Didn't happen. We do get a fight sequence between them, which was actually really good when you watch that choreography. But the setting is this underworld thing that looks, like I said before, like uh, a second year Photoshop student is just now learning how to put texture on everything. So like everything's covered in specific textures and it's a little overboard. Um, It's hit and miss, man. Like I said, great fight sequence there, but it looks horrible. A place where you could have a good fight sequence and the fight sequence sucks. Uh, Raiden could be this god, right? This god. And he comes across as this like moron dude, Mm -hmm. like this complete moron. And I don't know, man. And then throughout the film, yes, they're giving us little things from the video game suite, but so many times they kept referencing things that were wrong. Flawless victory means that the person who won was never touched mm-hmm. whatsoever. No in blocks. This, nothing. In this one, it, it's just all attack and win. That's it. In this, like, you know, you're getting your ass handed to you. Then you beat somebody and they kept going flawless victory. I'm like, that's not a flawless victory. The only flawless victory we had was the Sub-Zero one at the very beginning. That was the only flawless victory when he was going up against that dude and they're just, he's flashing all these moves and then he goes running at him and tries to like fly through the air and kick him and he gets frozen midair. Like, that's the only flawless victory in the entire thing. You know, other than that, they didn't know what they were talking about. Uh, fatalities. Yes, we had some fatalities. Not what we are used to seeing. But again, this is a PG. You said PG-13. So they're not going overboard. I think that's what hurts it too. I think an R rating would have been perfect for a Mortal Kombat movie. Could have done Friendship. <laughs> Babalities. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, for me, dude, there's so much more to the, the, the things that did shine for me. Liu Kang. You know, um, even K- the performance of Kano, I enjoyed. Uh, I just, it's, it's even Shang Sun, you know, even the fact that we had somebody that now moving forward, they model the look after this guy and, and the facial features and these things. It's not enough, man. Not enough. This movie gets one Veronica Vaughn for me, dude. One. Mm. For, but you know what it is? So here's the other side of it. I'm giving it a one Veronica Vaughn in terms of like, would I say go watch this? No, I wouldn't at all. But you're right in that it's it's one of these movies that's so bad 
there's almost a kind of um, a, a what's that called when you have a, a guilty pleasure in, in maybe putting it on again just to watch it for how bad it is. Do you know what I mean? That's about yeah. it. it. It's it's that, but it's also like, hey, this is what started it all. Like, not the game. The game, yeah. the first game is kind of garbage too because it's like, but like compared to MK11, you're like, yeah. well, first of all, why are there 800 people that I can choose from? Who do I pick? <laughs> like, if you've never played before, you're like, yeah. uh, I don't know who's who. Is there who's a on good the cover? guy? Is there a bad guy? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a good guy? <laughs> yeah. Who's on the cover? Yeah. Um, but uh, so I don't know. Do you you have MK11, right? Yeah. Uh, Looking here, looks like some of the people that were in this movie have done DLC voiceovers for. Oh, great! Really? So so Takawa is doing a Shang Tsung yes. DLC yes. storyline, and he looks like him too, dude. He looks just like him if you look at the rendering on D- DK or MK11. Almost a DK eleven, Donkey Kong eleven. <laughs> that's probably not a far off. Doom, quite doom, honestly, doom, doom, doom. Um, and there's uh, Veronica Vaughn has come back to do Get some voice out, work, dude, which is probably no like, oh no, ow, <laughs> that hurt. Where's Kano? Uh, oh, Billy, ow, oh, 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 oh. You can pass the test, Billy. I mean, wrong movie. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, oh, I and Christopher Lambert also did some more no, voiceover. No, work sorry, mm-hmm. I can't deal with that. His voice in this movie—I should have said that. That was one of the reasons this is only a one and didn't get any higher. Was the second I heard his voice, I was like, "Oh yeah." It was. It was honestly like if Steven Seagal was given this role. Like you close your eyes, you're like, uh, "Is that Steven Seagal?" It's. It was. Is rough, he running dude. around like a giant goofy? It was rough. But there you yeah. go. That's Mortal Kombat for you. Um, Item of note. Most of these actors do not return for the second one. <laughs> and the second one, yes, they, they literally let you know there's another one coming because we get Shao Kahn in the sky. No, we you get know? the Emperor. Oh, he's not who, Shao Kahn? Isn't that Emperor Shao Kahn? Shao Kahn wasn't a character yet. Ah, that's what he's called, just the Emperor. Yeah, they kept alluding to this mythical being, the Emperor. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's uh, let's cleanse ourselves of that. We have to move on because... Okay, I hope so. I was about to speak ahead of myself here and say the next movie we're going to see is going to be much more uh, enjoyable. Well, but yes, again, the last time I saw this, God, I was a kid. So who mm. knows? I might be remembering this with like the never-ending story, feeling like I'm going to come back to this and, and feel all fuzzies and then walk away crying. Well, I can tell you that the actor is a, is a really cool dude. Yes, I met him at New York Comic Con one year. Oh, and nice. I, and I talked to him. With, I talked about him to another actor at a different convention and how he was super excited to meet him. And I figured out how to pronounce his name by listening to him say it enough times. How do you say it? It's Timek. Timek? Timek, yeah. Timek. Timek. He plays, yeah. Timek, yeah. Plays Leroy Green. Bruce Leroy. In The Last Dragon. Escape. Great. What are you doing? Well, you see, Leroy, uh, you know how you're always teaching us to master the art of fighting without fighting? You see, I did you one better. I mastered the art of fighting without knowing how to fight. You see, people, people are afraid of oriental dudes. Give them a little move, a little stream, 
and lots of attitude. Check this out. Johnny, to seek safety, one must go to the heart of danger. Huh? Like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen this. I like when I see the cover art, when I hear the name of the movie, the first things I feel are kind of happiness, like like an enjoying thing. Like I'm going to have fun watching this. I can't wait to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I hope I'm not remembering it wrong. I really hope that we come back and it's going to be an enjoyable experience because uh, I need some, uh, to wash out the taste of what we just watched. I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised. I don't know that I watched this movie recently, but I know that I watched like the last fight sequence, you know, when Shonuff is doing his, his can't do this thing anymore in public. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah. where he's got his squeezy hands yeah, yeah, and he's, and his, you know, everything just starts shorting out around him <laughs> because Bruce Leroy realizes that he is Liu Kang 10 years in the past. Oh man, dude, I can't wait to watch this. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Before we head out of here, what do you got to say? Be safe, be smart, be kind, be um, respectful of others. Still wear your mask, get your shots. And, um, Time managed when you're at work. It is hard to say keep wearing your mask. Like we think it's, we know it's a good idea, but now the CDC is saying you don't have to. Uh, a lot of states are saying so. Our governor said you don't have to. Um, it's it's a strange world. So basically, you know, go with the science. The science says it's still better to do it, even though you don't have to. It's still better to do it. Um, we appreciate you listening. Make sure to head over to the website bicbp-radio.com. Check out some of the other shows on the network. Throw some support their way. And um, I'm all spoken out. So for Sean Fritz, this is Chris Chavez. We'll see you guys next week. It is now time to unsilence your phones.